What up? Fucking retards. Friday, May 19th, 2023 at 12.29 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, downloading the gaming episode. Interesting. Uh, what am I doing there? Alright. Uh, my buddy Miguel uh, is coming on at 2 p.m., an hour and a half from now. Um, what do I got? Tomorrow we got Claire Lopez and Dr. Mark Sherwood. Sunday we got Kim Witzak, uh, my buddy Justin, and somebody else. I don't know who. Blaine Pardo. Uh, Monday, Dr. Ron Cole, Mike from Coffee and Mike, Coffee and a Mike, and then the last episode for, uh, next week will be Monday at 5 p.m., Tom Luongo, Vince Lance, and Alex Craner at 5 p.m., no idea what we're talking about, I hate my gap, dude, I need to get some, I need to get me some of those, those Hunter braces, um, and then... Tuesday, air conditioner being delivered, then driving. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my time to drive. I'm driving down to Maryland to visit a friend. I think I'm gonna break it up over like three days and stay with people along the way. That is kinda like the luxury of you know, despite crushing loneliness, I mean you know, just like there's no certainty in being your own boss, there's also the freedom to kinda do whatever you want. One thing I have found with like traveling is when I want to go fly somewhere, being my own boss and not having to like, well, I got to maximize my vacation time. I got four days off, so we're going to get out of work and go right to the airport. I can take what should be a two-day trip and turn it into a five-day trip. Not even just to take more days off, but that's probably probably also one of my favorite things about like being my own boss and just being able to dictate when I do shit is I just... I have turned traveling from like a stressful experience to a very stressful to non-stressful to actually enjoyable. So like, um, if I, if I like, uh, what's it called? I don't know why I find this important to talk about right now, but uh, I got, I got a couple standing up oscillating fans and I've put them in this room. And I'm just turning them on at night now. And it's like removing the thick coat of dust. I don't mind if the coat of dust is on the ground. How the fuck does that keep happening? Very odd. Um, yeah, I don't care if the dust is on the ground. It's when it gets all over the machinery that I care about. I don't care if it's on the carpet. That's fine. Um, so I've got these oscillating fans. My air conditioner will be here Tuesday, so I'm excited about that, which is also the day I'm leaving. But uh, my maintenance guy said he'll install them for me. So I'm psyched about that. I'm going to put one in that window. Because I hate opening that window and closing it. Because I fucking I got that expensive camera now. And it's only a matter of time before I break it. Anyway, one thing I really enjoy about being my own boss, man, is like... Uh, is like when I have to travel... 
like when I was in Salisbury, Maryland, if I was going to visit family in New Hampshire, I would drive, you know, I was flying out of Baltimore. I would drive two hours to Baltimore. Um, maybe like, like three. And then I would just get a hotel that night. Because I'm like, three-hour drive isn't bad. Throw on a podcast, audiobook, whatever. And I'd just stay at a hotel. I'd get at the hotel at like 5 p.m. Get in. I'd go get like a, just a disgusting hamburger from the lobby and like some like ice cream or something. And I would just turn the air conditioner on to like 50 degrees. I'd take like an hour and a half shower, just like steam shower. And then I would just lay in bed and just like... Because like the most fun is not like vacation or doing crazy things. The reality is, is the most fun is laying in bed with the air conditioner on, just scrolling through your phone. That's the most fun. We can all pretend it's not, but it is. And so like I'll drive, I'll drive, I'll go get a hotel, I'll get just a fuck yeah, two hour shower, listen to a podcast, jerk off, lay in bed, turn a movie on and not pay attention to it, turn a podcast on and not pay attention to it, and just lay in bed. And then just stuff my face and, and play on my phone. Get like 13 hours of sleep. Wake up. Another shower. Meditate. And just... And I'll go to the... So if, and if my flight is at 2 p.m., I'll get to the airport at like 11. I just... I just truly just take my time. There's no like, all right, we got to get to the security. I, I find the luxury is just like an accordion pulling out your... Your, what you have to do that day it's like work i always find that um work is a lot like a gas and that it will fill the volume of time that you give it so like that's one reason why i always kind of just keep like one episode on the books because it will still make me go to bed it'll make me get off video games at like 1 a.m it'll make me be asleep by three i'll still get up between 11 and noon I'll kind of get up, make my bed, do shit, and go to the gym. I'll listen to an audiobook. I find when I remove these like these like pins of structure, the the bed sheet that is my daily time just goes flying. So I like it's almost like a big tarp. Like I like to keep like a cinder block on each corner and it keeps me generally in it. And on days when I need to, you can tighten that that you can tighten that tarp, you can tighten the sheet around the bed, and I can knock out two, three, four podcasts if I have to. But I like keeping something there because if I have nothing that I have to do, I will I will wake up and get out of bed three hours later and be at the gym six hours after I wake up and be showered and meditated nine hours. I'm not even kidding. I'm normally up at 11.30 going to the gym by 1, out of the shower by 1.30, 1.45, meditating and doing it, finish meditating and doing a podcast by 2 to 2.15. Just this past Monday, I had both, I canceled on both shows. It was kind of like a dual cancel. They also kind of canceled on me. I got back from the gym at 1.30, and instead of being like getting into the shower immediately, I don't think I showered until 9 p.m. I literally would just just kind of sat around just doing nothing. So uh, I kind of utilize that when I'm traveling is I'll like last summer, I like flew out to Denver for my little brother's bachelor party. I still don't know why we went to Denver. I don't think any of us had ever been to Denver and I don't think we did anything in Denver. 
I got there and just, I think I, I drank in a house, had a panic attack, and then left. Very interesting. Um, but also it wasn't for me. It's for my little brother. So I think, you know. But, uh, so, like, I, I booked, like, a hotel. I drove three hours from Salisbury to there. Did, like, a normal day of, like, podcasting and gym. Drove three hours. Got there. I remember I got, like, two cheeseburgers. Um, I think I got a Hot Pocket. And I think I got some ice cream. And I took like a two-hour shower, laid in bed with the air conditioner on. Um, and I think I put on the movie uh, 9-11 or Twin Towers, whatever the fuck, with Nicolas Cage. And then just like – and then I think on my phone I, I pulled up uh, that Judy Wood uh, lecture, Where Did the Towers Go? Excuse me. And wasn't even paying attention to that. So I had a movie that I wasn't watching with a documentary I was listening to while, like, scrolling through Reddit. And it's fantastic. And, I th- yeah, my flight the next day was at noon. So I think I woke up at, like, 8 a.m. after 12 hours of sleep, showered, meditated, took the shuttle at 9 a.m. It's at the airport by 9.05 because the hotel is, like, on the airport. And just took my time, like, going through security, just finding what exit I was on. There's no, like, are we there? Are we there? And when you remove all of that, it's actually very relaxing. It you it allows you to, like, kind of enjoy it more. Because I don't, I don't travel every day. So when I go to the airport, it's kind of, you're like, oh, this is this is kind of cool. You know, like, the airport's like a huge atrium, you know. You're going through security. You're looking at all the artwork on the walls. You're taking your time on like the moving, the moving walkways. Go sit in the, go sit in your fucking, in your your terminal and just watch the jets take off. And you know, go buy an over overpriced chicken Caesar. Play on your phone. Do some work. Schedule some emails. Just waltz on the plane. You land. You're not worried about like I gotta get off. You're just like, yeah, I take wait for everyone to get up, and then you get up and take your time off, and yeah, and then like when I left Denver, I like got I booked like an Uber like three hours before my flight. Got same thing, leaving Denver, walked around the DIA like looking at all the conspiracy shit, and I was like, yeah, this, this these conspiracies used to be so sexy and exciting, and now I'm like I've interviewed everyone involved with this shit, and it's far more terrifying than anything you can imagine. And then flew back to Baltimore, landed in Baltimore, got a hotel again, got like three cheeseburgers and a ton of chips. I remember putting the chips in the refrigerator. I don't know why. And it kind of made them worse. Woke up the next day, just like woke up whenever I had to be out of the place by noon. And it just like took my time and drove home. And like that is something that you could do in two days. You could drive up, take a flight out, land in Denver. And then the day the bachelor party is over, you could fly out and be back in Maryland. But I take what should be a 20 or 30 hour trip, just the traveling aspect, regardless of the however many days you spend in the destination. And I'll, I'll just stretch that out over like, like a 30, what should be like 24 hours of traveling, like 12 one day, 12 the next. I'll break up into, I'm not even kidding, like 72 to 96 hours and just take my time. And not even take my time in a reasonable sense. I mean, I'll take the to-do list of things I have to do. You got to drive to Baltimore three hours away. I'm like, that's one day. 
I'm like, I gotta fly two hours. I'm like, that's another day. And, uh, yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm driving down to go see a buddy, uh, in Maryland, and I'm like, man, that's like a, it's a long drive. And I'm like, well, when I moved up here, I made it a two-day drive. And I'm like, why, why not make it a three-day drive? Why not drive a couple hours and just go stop somewhere? Because I got nowhere to go. I got nothing to do. And, like, that is, above all else, like, what I always dreamed of being my own boss would be like. You know, every once in a while I have these, like, manic dreams of, like, what? Not dreams, I mean, like, ideas. I'm like, oh, I want to be, like, famous and rich as fuck, which I, I still want. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a vain human. But above all else, I always imagined, like, I think I would just love to just take my time doing stuff. Even, like, going and seeing Dr. McCullough in, in, in Austin, uh, New Year's Eve 2021. I just took my time. Truly just took my time. There's like a huge snowstorm, and they're like, "All right, your your 2 p.m. flight's delayed. We might be able to get you on a 4 p.m. And uh, you know, if that doesn't work, there's a smaller percent chance, but still a chance you can get on a 6 p.m. We could have you." And I was like, "Nah, man, you can just give my fucking give me a hotel voucher." And like, yeah, I'll just go for the fucking take the free shuttle. I get a fucking meal voucher. Yeah, I'm good. It's an excuse to eat some hot pockets, lay in bed, and turn on Independence Day. Like that's so. That, that's always like such like a fun journey to me. It's such a fun adventure. It's my odyssey. I'm not, I'm not, there's never going to be a, a Greek, a Greek novel written about me, but I guarantee you I'm having far more fun than some douchebag on a wooden ship fighting monsters. I'm not fighting shit, man. I'm finding that, I'm finding that microwave and I'm throwing those hot pockets in there. I'm drinking water and I'm laying in bed, shitting and pissing. In bed, no, but the option's there because I don't have to clean. It's great, man. And, like, that's the most fun. And then you, whatever the destination is, is you're like, yeah, whatever. I just like the, the traveling. It's just, you know, that much I can say wasn't a letdown. It is not a letdown. I genuinely enjoy just taking my fucking time. <laughs> um... So I don't really know what the point of that meandering rant was. Um, 12.44. I got to download Hunt Showdown. I want to play that with Stoli and then destroy all humans or kill all humans. I want to download that. I enjoy, I enjoy Tarkov. I am enjoying it. I think I've like figured out as much as I need to keep it going indefinitely. And it's... I have to take like one round serious a day. I got to go be a scav and then exfil and then just sell all the shit I have. Once I do that, I feel like, and that's really all I'm trying to figure out. It's like, how do I keep the game? I realized playing with Maruni, I really liked it. I like Maruni. But I realized my favorite way of playing is like not being taught anything because then you have, I think Joe Teddy calls it training scars where you can learn to do something wrong and it's harder to undo that than it is to just go into an, a game or a, a game. He, he goes into war anew. And although I don't doubt Maruni is doing everything, I know for a fact he's doing it correctly because he plays the game very well. I love going in and figuring it out on my own, like very quickly realizing like, yeah, there's really not a whole lot of value in buying an expensive gun. Just get the carbine. 
get the carbine, get a pistol, throw in an extra mag, sell everything else. It doesn't matter. Because that's what I like doing. Um, I might fuck around with some of the AI maps today. Um, tomorrow we got Claire um, and Dr. Sherwood. Um, I'm seeing if I can reschedule Dr. Sherwood. He wants to move to Sunday. I don't know if I can do that, so we're going to try. Oh, my gale canceled. Honestly, that it works out so well. I was feeling like shit today. Hell yeah! Well, I I kind of I kind of wanted him, but I didn't want to cancel on him because I already canceled on him once. Hell yeah! I I genuinely was kind of feeling a little under the weather. I'm going to throw him to Saturday, June 3rd. Hell yeah. Miguel, you just made my date, man. Not that I don't. I, I genuinely love Miguel. I'm just kind of tired and didn't want to do a podcast. I'm smoking up dope. Oh, I don't bet Alright, well, I guess we'll, we'll... I still need to go to the gym. I didn't go yesterday. I lied and told everyone I did. Which I almost never did. But I realized I was screaming for like 30 minutes, and then I, I had already pushed David Barker back by 15 minutes. And by the time I finished that rant, it was 1.30, and I was like, I will literally not be able to meditate. I will have to come back here smelling like shit and do a podcast, which I don't mind doing. It's not my favorite, but um, I don't know. I had never spoken to David Barker before, and you can't get too comfortable with someone you don't know. Now, in hindsight, I know he's a very cool guy. Um but you can never do that with someone that you haven't talked to. So yesterday was probably the first day. I can't remember the last time I've skipped the gym uh, for a podcast because I'm foggy and everything. But um, I decided that meditation was more important. Uh, so now I got to upload a gaming stream placeholder. What was the, So what I do for the gaming streams is I take a fucking a meme from yesterday's game and I put it on today. So... I think yesterday was uh, Bottom in the Mountains, Gay Pride Parade. So what would be a meme from yesterday? JM. We talked about JM. We made fun of JM. Or uh, Curb Shifter did. No. Puppy. What was it? Puppy fucks? Puppy, puppy cuddles? Puppy snakes? Um, puppy cakes? That wasn't really a meme. Um, what do we do? We're talking with Hunter.
I guess we, we did talk about, that's kind of a weak title. 120 round rock walking stick. We talked about uh, Drew Bob welding together 30 round mags to make a walking stick. That wasn't really... What did Hunter say? When Hunter was counting down from 10 minutes and he was just increasingly having a stroke, it was like 10 minutes left. Then it was like nine minis teft. Then it was like eight, like eight Manana Leb. And I just kept getting more and more butchered. And finally, for one minute left, it was like one midget tonsil or something. That's what we'll do, one midget tonsil. I like that one more. Um, twelve fifty. So now we're gonna see my we're gonna see my um my claim in action. Now that I don't have a podcast to do, how long is it gonna take me to fucking uh get back here and do this shit? Twelve fifty. Now I should have had Miguel by two, but I'm already running late. So let's say theoretically I had that episode to do by two thirty, and then I am going to run to the store because today's cheat day. We'll try to be gaming by four. That'll make it. I'm smoking up dope. Um, yeah, anyway, so what was I talking about? I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. Something to do with traveling or Miguel or I don't know, man. I'm tired today. I have to go to the gym. I didn't go to the gym yesterday. I can't. I gotta keep going to the gym. Um, what am I? What am I? I feel like I had something else to say. I don't remember though. Um, we could do data. I haven't done data yet. Um, yeah. So I mean, back. I, this is something I didn't really fully flesh out, and I guess now that we. Maybe this will just be the episode. We'll just make this an episode. Um, I don't know. That might not be the best of ideas, but kind of got to do one. Um, yeah, so, like, I always... How do I put this? I always try to, like, see what the next thing is that I'm doing because it kind of pulls me forward, right? Because there's multiple stages of, like, inspiration. You do... First, you just have the sort of, like, new goal. It's like a new car smell. You have, like, new goal smell. And that's that's the thing we've all had before, right? That's the, that's the first day of a new semester in college. You're like, I'm getting A's this year. I got my syllabi. I got my notebook. Right, the first day of the new year, I'm working out this year, I'm eating healthy. Um, you know, the day after I get bad hangover, you're like, that's it, I'm not drinking anymore, I'm gonna start meditating and climbing mountains. And like, you never do. And that's that's all well and good. And I mean, I can kind of say confidently, but also I guess cockily, is I've, I kind of figured that out by like middle school. And that's always kind of been my strong suit of like, not falling for the dopamine rush of a new goal, but instead seeing it through long-term. Weightlifting, basketball, building Legos as a kid, pre-med, now doing the podcast. 
and that's that's something I figured out early on. But I'm finding with like the bigger goals, creating a podcast or like getting into medical school, those were like very far goals. <sighs> you have the new dopamine rush, and then the next phase is just um, is just keep working, just hard work, just grit your fucking teeth and go, and that lasts for a while. And it depends on what the goal is. If it's a 10-year goal, that might last for a year. If it's a week goal, that might last for five hours. After the grit your teeth and work phase, there's the like bargaining marathon raise where you go, okay, this isn't happening in a month. This is happening in a year, which means that I need to break it up into little checkpoints along the way, maybe one month each, and then sub-checkpoints. So like even in college, being pre-med, like every Friday, yeah, I, I, I didn't drink. Because uh, even back then, I realized it was fucking up with my head with depression. Now it's anxiety, not depression. But every Friday, I would uh, I would treat myself to caffeine. I didn't use caffeine. Now I use it all the time. But I would treat myself to caffeine, and I would have a cheat day. And that kind of kept me going. It was a little trophy. The, now, the, granted, the trophy is never as good as you think it's going to be. Like, all day I've been thinking about how today's my cheat day and all day yesterday. It's never going to be as good as I think it is, but I'm still just going to pretend it is. You put these little like trophies and it allows you to get through the week and then you work all week and the work isn't as bad. And by the time the work starts getting really bad, you have your little trophy and then that's how you pass time, right? So you got the dopamine rush phase. You've got the the hard work phase where like just work fucking harder, which in itself is still kind of a dopamine rush. You don't think it is, but it is, right? Like being addicted to like heavy emotion, right? Like people that are addicted to puppy love and falling in love. And then they're also addicted to like having a massive fight and then making up. It's still a form of, it's just the other side of the same coin. It's like saying you don't like extreme weather. I only like sunny days. Well, sunny and breezy is kind of extreme. There's a reason why it's delightful. It's because it's rare. And, um... You know, Anthony Kiedis talks about it in his book, Scar Tissue. He talks about how not only can you get addicted to drugs, but you can get addicted to rock bottom, which is, I think, what a gambler's addiction is, is where you get addicted to, like, full, almost like confession mode, where you drop all your guard, you have to apologize to those people that you hurt, and you got to promise, like, publicly, like, I'm going to be better. That is a form of addiction. So you have that dopamine new rush, achieve a goal. The second is like fucking hard work, just work through it, pussy. That's an addiction. And then even that will start to fade. And you're like, I still can't quit because quitting is still another form of addiction. You quit, then you get angry and you restart, right? That's why you go to the gym on the first of the year and then you're quitting by February and you're restarting by summer and then you're quitting again and then you're restarting we'll start restarting in january and it goes forever and then you die um so the hard work phase is something uh the third is like the little trophy where you make it a marathon little trophies and that works and that can work for a while no telling how long it works sometimes it works swimmingly for like six seven eight months sometimes it sometimes it kind of dies after like a couple weeks and there's like a sub phase of 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 phase three of the little trophy. I wouldn't even know if I don't even know if it's a sub phase or if it's phase four. And it's like um, 
meditation or visualization. I didn't even realize it was visualization until a couple of years ago, but I was doing it like 10 years ago. And it's where the little trophies aren't doing it. You're like, yeah, man, the little cheat days, like, I don't even, that's not even enough. Like, I'm just tired. And you sit down and you go, you basically try to reinstill the dopamine rush of phase one. You sit down and you go, for like, for if it's weightlifting or if it's pre-med, I would sit down and be like, what's the best feeling of a semester? For me, the best feeling was always when you take that last exam. And then all those early mornings, all those football games you didn't go to, all those times studying where you can hear the bass downstairs because your friends are getting fucked up. And it would be like December, or it's always one of two months. It's December for fall semester or May for spring semester. So you start to imagine the feelings of like, so when like December semester would end, you'd always be like, it's going to be cold, like the leaves are down, it's gray. But there's this feeling of walking home getting off the bus and you know you aced every class that you just got a 4.0 and you just there's there's no guilt where you just sit down and you just go we're getting fucked up in the middle of the day for the next three days and then i'm flying home to see my family we're gonna do christmas and you go home and your parents are always like i just remember my mom and dad always be so proud of me like fucking 4.0 in these classes you'd get drunk and you just be like hell yeah you're like i'm adding that to my resume it's gonna look even better and you you imagine this finish line you're like fuck yeah or again in may you imagine it's like the leaves are at the sun's out we're at the pool the rich lush green leaves and you just got that fucking a and you're you're logging into your laptop your student id and you're looking at the 4.0 and your gpa is going up yeah and if that doesn't work what you can do is you start to extrapolate even further you look out you'd be like you you extrapolate even further into two ways back to that dichotomy of two sides of the same coin extreme emotion one would be that you're like, I can't wait for that feeling of like going to a medical school interview and like just knowing I fucking got it. Just walking in with big dick GPA, fucking ace the MCAT. You got all these letters of recommendation. You got all these hundreds of hours of shadowing at a hospital or volunteering. You know you got it. Or you can do the flip side of that of that visualization, which is fear. And this helped from me, I guess, moving around a lot as a kid is I always remember the fear of being the new kid. You don't have any friends. There's the cool kids. They're the girls. There's no, whether it's high school and you're not being invited to parties or whether it's third grade and you're not being invited to play dodgeball or to fucking play Game Boy. That fear. And being like, I don't want to be in that position. Shit out of luck. And... For me, it was like, I remember going to college scared, but I was like, in a stupid 19-year-old mind, I've been working out for like six years. So I was like, you know what? At least I have abs and like arms. So at the very least, I can like get some ladies, which will kind of get you respect from guys. Very primitive, ape-like mind. So I'd think about how scared I was. Because like when I transferred to Valdosta to UGA, it was such a jump up. Like Valdosta was such a shit school. UGA was such like this, like much more intimidating school with much smarter people. And I'd be like, remember that primal fear of like not being good enough. And then I would 
I like now now expand that times a thousand. But you're gonna be there. God willing, you get a medical school invite, an interview invite. You're gonna be sitting around people who are the best of their class. It's not just where you get into upper level biology classes and like the dumb kids have already been kind of weeded out. By the time you get invited to a medical school interview, you're like you're dealing with like several layers of weeding out. And it'll be like when you are there, what think about it like Tarkov. Like, like, uh, I finally, I, I bought like a, instead of like a $20,000 carbine, I bought like an $80,000 sniper rifle yesterday. And I was like, well, fuck, if I'm going in there with a sniper rifle, I do not want to lose this gun. So I'm going to buy body armor. I'm going to buy a helmet. I'm going to buy headphones and I'm going to have like a med pack with me. Now, granted, I was killed immediately and lost everything, but I would always look at it like, what, what can I do to not be in that situation? And so that fear can drive you too, where you're like, I want straight fucking A's. So phase one is that dopamine rush. Phase two is the just work hard. And then phase three is the just make little trophies along the way. And whatever, we'll just, for continuity, we'll just call it phase four is when the trophies don't work as well. So you basically have a sit down with yourself. You have like an investor meeting. You have a board of directors meeting. You have a quarterly report and you go, where do you want to be when this day comes? Do you want that psyched up feeling of like, let's fucking work harder? That helps when you're kind of depressed. Or you want that fear, which is like, still kind of works for like a deeper depression. Where it's like a cattle prod. You're like, yeah, I don't want to be fucked. You're like, I don't have time to think about depression. I need to work harder. We'll call that phase four. And what that does is, again, it, it kind of simulates phase one. You, you come out of that meditation, that visualization stage, and you're pumped up much like it's day one again and that visualization stage is very important because you can't just think about the thing you want well i want to get into medical school yeah okay i get that but clearly that's not pushing you forward anymore so you have to go into the very like visceral like what does it smell like it's a it's a cold day in december and it's the end of the semester or it's a warm day in may and you're stuffy you know it's a it's a cold day in december and the sun's setting at 4 p.m or it's a warm day in May and you're at the pool and the, the, you know, the sun's glistening off the water. You just have to, regardless of whether or not you want those weather conditions, you know that those are happening. And so you have to imagine, you have to smell them, you have to feel them. Do you feel the humidity of May in Georgia? Do you feel the kind of cold biting of December? You have to feel them because that will start to put you there and make it more realistic. Because it's all about recreating stage one if there is a reason why you started this there's a reason why you got the gym membership because you're looking in the mirror and you're like i don't like how i look or you were looking at a girl you like who was checking out someone else and you're like that feeling of jealousy something drove you to get to stage one there is a stage zero which is unhappiness with the current state of affairs for thing x y and z and so it's about stage four is about getting back to stage one but it's temporarily and then opening your eyes from the meditation and you're at stage three. So you're stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four, stage four is simulating stage one. So you can wake up in stage three and then you go, the trophy system's worth it. Okay. Don't do the whole fucking just work hard thing that, 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 that short lived you get back to the trophy thing and the trophy thing. And that, that can keep you going. You might need to do that every week. If it's really hard, you might need to have to do that visualization every day. But for the most part, you can just kind of do that weekly trophy thing indefinitely until it kind of, until it falls short. And it can fall short because if the work is very hard, it can fall short from something else. You know, you a, a friend 
you know, whatever, you have an argument with a friend, you break up with a girl, something happens in your family, whatever. It can, anything can jostle you out of that sort of like flow state of working. Um, and then you can just keep doing that trophy thing. And then you jostle it around again and you might need to meditate. And, and the problem with visualizations are like, visualizations are sort of like a lifeline. You can't abuse them because they lose efficacy. So the thing that got you excited, you're imagining, okay, what is it like? Well, if I'm going to go interview at a medical school in another city, well, I probably have to get a flight. And then, okay, so I'd, you're going to have to go to the airport. And you're just kind of imagining all of it and that excitement of like, okay, you're going there. I probably have to get a suit. You know, you got to be clean shaven, fresh haircut. What would the medical school look like? Well, I imagine it will be a big building with glass and doors and elevators. And you, you just kind of create it all in your head. And it makes it real. Whether that realness is fear or excitement, it's still real, right? And there is something that, right, neurons that wire together, fire together, and excitement binds like 10 times more. I don't know if that's just bro science who gives a shit. But you want to get get there, right? And so that brings you back towards it and allows you to keep driving forward. Now, 99% of it is work, right? It's 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. It is work. But it allows you to get there. Um, and every once in a while, you got to brush that thing out. And then if you achieve your goal, so maybe if you're imagining what is it like to get to the end of the semester, well, then you have to get to the end of the semester. And now you've got to the end of that semester and those classes are finished. So now you got to start imagining the next semester, right? So those are kind of sub blocks. If you achieve the big goal of getting into medical school, well, then you'd have to start imagining what is it like to get into residency. Now, obviously, I didn't do that, so I don't know. But so now let's bring it to the podcast, right? You'd imagine, I would always imagine, like, what would it be like to move out of my parents' house? It was that simple. I just wanted to move out of my parents' house. Um, and then unlike medical school, where it's like there is a tried and true path to get in, and you really can't deviate much from it building your own successful business is such that's what makes it so difficult is it's <coughs> it's the complete wild west there is no defined path so you can't go well i'd have to take ochem and then genetics and then sell bio like you don't know that so it's very so, sounds like some homeless people are fighting outside anyway um so like working hard, you know, starting the podcast, by that point, I'd already have been at home for four years. So it was very simple of like, I just want to get out of here, right? You have the inspiration of when you first start the podcast, it's dopamine rush, then you have the hard work, blah, blah, blah. And then you realize it's a marathon, blah, blah, blah. But I always imagine meditating. And this is where it's much more difficult in the in building your own business, being your own boss than it is getting in medical school is it's much more open-ended. So there aren't these defined things. Like if you're climbing a mountain, there's only so many visualizations you can do right it's the subsequent summits but if your goal is just to reach high altitude it might be a mountain it might be a skyscraper it might be a helicopter it might be a rocket ship maybe it's a new form of travel maybe it's teleportation maybe it's simulating travel maybe it's putting on a vr headset and feeling weightless like so it's much more open-ended. It's much more difficult. And then you have to find the most realistic thing you can believe in. Because if you don't believe in it, you're not going to do it. So you have to find something you can believe in. So when I started the podcast and I was like visualizing at home, 
And again, this is if just your weekly little trophy thing isn't working. This is all granted that you've already done phase one, two, and three, right? Dopamine rush, hard work, and then the little trophies. It was hard to visualize because I was like, I don't even, I don't believe that my podcast is going to be worth $10 million this year. Like I'm living at home and I'm on YouTube with 19 subscribers. But it's already starting to kind of show itself that it's, there's there's a little magic here. There's a little spark here. There's something going here, right? Um, there's homeless people. I, I, I hope they start stabbing each other. Um, but what I could imagine is, is like, all right, I have to get to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube with 4,000 watch hours. I could theoretically make money on that, and I'm not going to own a mansion in Beverly Hills, but I could probably afford a one-bedroom apartment in Bumblefuck, Salisbury, Maryland. Could I? Even if I can, I could probably still go get a job and supplement it. And that was very believable. My bar was so low. I was like, I just want to move out of my parents. I love my parents to death. I don't want to live with my parents anymore. I'm 29, I'm 30, I'm 31, whatever. And you go, okay, that's my goal. And you go, I could do that. I could do that. I went and got a job at a liquor store. And then with the liquor store, and you first it's just cool, it's a new job, and then it's just work hard. And then that turns into a thing of like, well, just keep working till your day off so you can have a day off, and there's your little trophy. You can see how it's kind of a fractal. You can use these game plans to tackle any goal in life. Remember why you're saving money. Remember why you're saving money to move out of your parents' house so you can just have your own place. At the very least, it was like turn the thermostat on what you want. It was the very least, you know, my mom would come in vacuuming and I would just be like, I just, why are you vacuuming? And then you can't get mad because it's like, well, I'm the loser living at home in my 20s. So I would just imagine moving out. And that was such a, and you'll know when you get close to it because it's like a metal detector. You'll know when you get close to uh, the thing that you're excited about or scared about because the emotions will start, it's either fear or it's like, it's pulling you towards it. You're like, that's what I want. That's what I want. And that, and I don't mean this in some metaphysical way, although it could be true. I mean, who the fuck knows with consciousness and quantum physics? I don't necessarily, I'm not opposed to the idea, but I'm not balls in. I don't feel out of my bones that your brain actually like recreates reality. And in which case it could be, but in that case, everything's moot. And if you just imagine things, then that means that you're responsible for the world you live in. So in an instant, you could just say, yeah, evil's gone. And maybe that's Nirvana. I don't know. And maybe we just walked up to Nirvana and now I'm bringing it back in. We were so close. Who the fuck knows? I don't. But feeling that very real goal, and this is something Dale talks about all the time. He's like, you can work as hard as you want. If you don't feel the goal in your mind, you'll never get there. And that's from a guy that went through Delta selection, the youngest ever. So like all of this isn't like woo woo new age shit. I take this from Dale, who is the most anti new age shit. That Dale is very pragmatic. It's like, can we burn it for fuel? Can I ingest it for hydration and nutrients? And can I effectively shoot someone in the face? So if this is tried and true for Dale, yeah, then I, I think it works. And it's not only that, it's not that Dale taught it to me. It's more like discovering a science on opposite ends of the world, uncontacted. I'm like, oh, that's what I do. And I'm like, oh, it works for Dale. Okay. So <clears throat> I would imagine just getting out of my house. I'd be like, I'm just going to fucking get out of my house, right? And I was getting closer and closer to the goal. And then I realized there was another side of it that I didn't even think about. My little brother bought me uh, like one ring light, I think, for Christmas. And I, I put that up. And I was like, the lighting was immediately so much better on my MacBook. 
And I was like, oh, there's a real value to, to changing the production quality. And we, we'll get to the, the thumbnail thing in a second, but for the same reason that I never created thumbnails, because I was like, thumbnails don't fucking matter. That's all empty, vapid, just artificial horse shit. It should be the content. And then you start making thumbnails and realize and you get more views and you go, oh, it's a necessary evil. I was like, the, I was like, the quality of the video shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm on a MacBook on like a 720p video and like a, in like a badly lit room. And kind of like the idea of like the Jordan Peterson thing, right? Clean your room and then everything that's not clean will start to contrast. And now you'll start cleaning that and you'll clean up your life. And I think he said, oh boy, you're paying with fire. Or as Joey B. Toon says, there's something about living in like a Victorian era where everything is ornate because then you look at it all and you go, well, I'm the pig. So I need to put on a suit and top hat. And I really do think there's truth to that. So I remember I bought like several ring lights and then the lighting was better. And then I took some of my money and I bought like a, an Apple webcam. It was like 200 bucks. And then I uh, bought a micro. I think I bought this micro. I think I immediately went to the Shure SM7B, which is kind of crazy. And then I put like a, I, I hung up uh, some black bed sheets on the wall behind me. And then I, I took down the flag, put up the black bed sheets and then put the flag back up. So it was framed. And you can go back and find this around, it was around like episode 280 to 320. It was somewhere in between there that all of this kind of happened quickly. And then I went like, oh, well, there's another goal. Not just moving out of my parents' house, but also walking into your studio and it looks cooler. And... Then start. So sorry, I think I got the ring light, and now I was like, I want to update the studio. Well, that now gives you a goal to work for at the liquor store. So that happens. So I, I updated all that, and then I was like, well, the sound needs to get better. And I, you just you kind of baptism by fire. You so I took like I think an old dresser. I think I took a Bowflex, a lamp, an old rocking chair. And I think like a metal filing cabinet, and I just hung blank like fleece blankets over them. And it did help with like the echo. The next step was is I bought a bunch of moving blankets and draped it over it. And that helped. <laughs> I was like, oh. So now, and that's great because now you're like stacking goals. And it, it, it adds to that, that dopamine, that point in the future. Or you can stack fear, right? Again, both deviations of extreme emotion, which almost act like a bowling ball on a bed. It's like when they people, like physicists will do that like, the visualization, somebody's ripping a bong. I do love that smell. Um, you put like a, a bowling ball on a mattress and it shows gravity and space time and then you roll a marble towards it and the marble goes towards it. That's how I always look at goals. And that that goal can either be fear or, or excitement. It can be love or hate. It can be anything. But it's just an extreme deviation from like a neutral gray placid lake you want you want an, you want some form of deviation and it pulls you towards it and so you can stack them right so i would be like not only do i want to live on my own and you know you know not have my mom come in vacuuming at 11 a.m or you know get in arguments about my dad and then these things would always come back to like i can't be mad at them i'm the loser living at home my dad's parents were dead by the time he was my age uh and both my mom and my dad had multiple kids by the time they were my age and they are loving enough to let me come home and sort my life out because i'm a fat drug addict and so you can never even get mad at them 
He'd just be like, I- I'm the loser. I'm free to leave. It's not like you're a kid and they're like, you live under this house. You live under this roof. At any point, I could have just left. I'd be broke and I'd have to come back. So like, you couldn't even get mad at them, right? Um, and no one did it to me but myself. And then I'd be like, well, I lost your brother to suicide. I'm like, yeah, but your other two brothers are doing fine. Not fine. They're hurting, but they're still maintaining jobs and fitness and a normal life. And so it was just no one but yourself. So not only was that, I wanted to move out on my own. I just kind of wanted to not even like vacuuming in thermostats. And it's just sometimes you just like being by yourself. You just like having your own place, right? I love my friends, but you know, when I hang out with them after a couple of days, I'm ready to not hang out with them. That weed smells so good. I do love the smell of weed. I don't smoke, but it is it is nice. It is nice. It is, I, it's a very pleasant smell. I just I end up getting cooked and having a panic attack while I'm recording this. Um, oh, fucking screen just died. Oh, it went to sleepy mode. Um, so that was multiple goals. Then it was not only do I want to move out, but then it was also like, I want to build my own studio. And I was like, oh, I want the studio to be cool. It's like, oh, so then you start going along this, like, well, let's design the studio. And at first you get retarded. You're like a Mac pro $80,000. And you're like, that's not going to happen. And you're like, well, what can I do with my Mac? my MacBook. Start researching webcams and microphones and sound tiles. And you go, oh, there's like another level to this, right? And so I'd always imagine, I was like, so I'd look up sound tiles and then there's like the small ones. So these are four inch ridges, right? You can get three inch, two inch and one inch. But the difference between the, the valley and the peak of those are four inches. Those are the most expensive ones you can get. Like a retarded amount of money. I think it's like... I think it's like $200 for like four of them. They're expensive. That might be an exaggeration. It might be $200 for eight. They're very expensive. Um, But I was like, how would I do that? Well, I'd want that. And I was like, I want a two-bedroom apartment. So one room can be a studio. And then I was like, well, let's first move out of the parents' house. And so I got there, found the one-bedroom place. And I was like, this is fine. So, and I was like, all right, well, I don't have enough sound panels to cover the whole room. What could I do? And you go, I got these moving blankets. What could I do? Trial and error. But you end up nailing them to the ceiling and you make, so I had a a room that was like, I had like one big room. It was like a bedroom, probably should have been another room. It was like, I think it was like 20 by 18 feet. So I took two moving blankets and I hung them from the ceiling and basically cut the room into about a third. I had like one third of the room was a cubicle, just hanging from the ceiling. I literally just nailed these moving blankets to the ceiling. Um, and then I put all my studio stuff in there. And it was, I've, I hung up all the, all the sound tiles, you know, uh, the ceiling behind me to the left, to the right, and then off the moving blankets, which was a lot of work. And I'm glad I undid that. I had them hanging in with pins. It was weird. It looked like an art school project. And then you place in the, you place in the microphone and everything and the camera. And then as I started and and so, but hold on, let's go back real quick before the studio. So you have the goal of how am I getting out of how am I getting out of my own studio? Well, the podcast is going to pay for it. I had started to, and I can see it in hindsight, but I didn't know at the time. I was limiting it. I was saying, you, and this is an important point. This isn't just me going back. This is an actually important point. 
I would go, I have to get monetized on YouTube. And I would imagine what that would be like. I would imagine getting like a paycheck in the mail or something. What I was really interested in is not getting monetized off YouTube, but getting monetized, right? So what I had done in my mind was close off all other possibilities, all other potential dopamine goals, the bowling ball and the mattress. So what happened, and I've talked about it before, is like I found an investor, a guy that found my show, loved it, and was like, yeah, you know, I'll pay you some cash to do it. And on the off chance it gets successful, I get half, you get half, whatever. Absolutely absurd, like divine intervention. I truly believe like that was my brother looking out for me. I, I genuinely believe that. I'm no, no bullshit. Because it's so absurd. When I explain it to people, you can see they're like, are you laundering money? Like, they're like, I don't believe it. And like, you know what? You don't, I don't, it's, it's absurd. But what happened is, is I got the thing I really wanted, which was money from a podcast, doing something I love and moving out of my parents' house, right? It wasn't from YouTube, but it was still the goal, right? Which had been the goal for years when I was doing graphic design. And I can now look back and go for three years. I wanted to make money off of graphic design and move out of my parents' house. And I realized the bigger goal was I just wanted to move out of my parents' house doing something I liked. So that's an important point is like, don't limit how how the answer, how the goal can come to you, right? If you're 1700s Britain and you're going to have a strong Navy, we need to defend all of our forests because that's we're going to be using those trees. No, no, no. You should be going, we want a strong Navy, whatever. In turn, the Navy would become iron, right? Old iron sides or steel. So <clears throat> got that, right? Moved out of my parents' house and you built a studio and it's fucking great. And now you're kind of back to phase one. It's dopamine rush. It's brand new. You're like, this is fucking great. It's awesome. And then regardless of how bad or good it goes, that dopamine rush just dies down. I used to think that you could keep it going forever. And now I realize it's just a matter of time. Now, granted, if things go well, you can elongate it. That's what she said. And if things go bad, it can kind of die down, right? But then you have like another goal. So the other goal was like, I was so psyched about moving out of my parents' house. And I, I, I still genuinely enjoy kind of living on my own. Um, but then building the studio, and I started to have some money put away. And I was like, well, let's scale up again. Let's get an iMac instead of a MacBook Pro. And I did that. And then it was, let's get uh, the Sony Alpha 6400 instead of my webcam. And I did that. And it starts to, you start to get better. And then there's another sort of like sub chapter of like diminishing returns. What's the difference between this iMac and a MacBook Pro? This iMac was about $3,000. My MacBook Pro is probably $1,000. What's the difference between an iMac and a Mac Pro? A Mac Pro is about $80,000. How much better does it look? It doesn't. It processes faster, but I, I, I do the shows live, so it doesn't fucking matter. Um, so that was a thing. So you have to hit that ceiling and blah, 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 but you know, 4K camera. So now you've got all that, right? You build the studio. And then you start to fall back into stage two where you just work hard. Then it turns into stage three of like just little trophies. So now the, the shininess of the new studio wears off. The shininess of moving out, although still great, does start to work. You're not just, for the first couple of weeks, I'd wake up and be like, fuck yeah. It was like home alone. Um, but then it starts to wear off and you're like, oh, I got to keep working and make the podcast and it's difficult, right? Okay. 
And then it comes back to the idea of like, well, you can go to the gym on January 1st, but how are you feeling on February 1st? You got to stay dedicated. You're not psyched anymore, but you got to stay dedicated because you got to remember the goal. Then you get to the sort of the weekly trophies, right? Whereas like I had moved out, I'm in my own apartment. It's great. I can pay for it. I'm saving money and the studio is upgraded to the max. Now it's the long hike. What are your weekly trophies? Well, for like a year and a half, my weekly trophies were uh, work very hard. And then Thursday night, I would order work out, diet, and work hard on the podcast and listen to audiobooks. And then Thursday evening, I would go buy a ton of White Claw and buy a bunch of pizza and stuff my face and get shit-faced, which would then lead to panic attacks. And then I would the panic attacks would be so bad that I would just yearn. I'd be like, I cannot wait to just wake up and work out and go to the gym and eat healthy. And that was kind of an extreme where not only did I have my little trophies, but little trophies were so enjoyable. And then the backlash was so painful, mentally painful that I I cannot wait to just doing podcasts, which is a trial by fire, but or baptism by fire, which all of this essentially is. And I now realize I'm like, that's not the way. So I did that for like a year, right? So just a year goes by. And then I remember thinking, I was meditating one day in Salisbury, and I was like, I need a new big goal. I had gotten banned from YouTube, and then there's its own mini subset of things. You get angry, you're like, I'm going to go build a new channel, and then you go through the hard work phase, and then the little joy starts repeating itself. There's nothing new under the sun. But I realized, like, it was summer, I think, of last year, and I was like, I remember just sitting there looking at my studio, and I was like, I once couldn't have imagined getting all of this i was psyched to get a ring light now i've got my own little studio cubby hole with a fucking imac and a, and a, and a sony 4k camera with a car zeiss lens and i have everything and i was like now i don't even bat an eye at it and what that showed me was is something that i had once deemed best case scenario and unimaginably unrealistic is now my everyday life. So I can't scoff at the idea of dreaming bigger. And I'd be like, well, what would be dreaming bigger? And I was like, uh, so I started in my mind, I was like upgrading all the studio stuff. But I realized there wasn't the excitement. It wasn't pulling me toward, I was like, uh, a $20,000 camera, an $80,000 Mac Pro, a $10,000 microphone, all shit I found. And on paper, it worked in my mind. I was like, there's the new goal. But I very quickly realized, I'm like, yeah, you can play your favorite song a hundred times. The hundredth time is not as enjoyable as the first. It's not even enjoyable. And I would be like, I'm not even excited about that. So I was like, what do I really want? And I think it was actually when I was flying out to Denver. And I remember meditating and I was on the fifth floor of a hotel in Baltimore in a room probably about the size of this room. And it was in June. It's May now, so about a year ago. And I was looking out the window, probably around the same time it is now, around this time. And I was looking at the room, and I was like, this room's, like, clean and neat, and I love, like, looking down at the parking lot, and I can see, like, you know, fifth floor, you're not on the top of the world, but, like, you can you can see a decent distance. And I was like, this is kind of cool. And I was like, maybe instead of my, like, gorilla radio studio I have, which is, like, built into a wall, it's a cubby. 
I was like, maybe I want a more open and airy studio. And my first thought was that hesitance of I had an image in my mind. I was like, no, it has to be a cubby. Much like I had the image in my mind of it has to be YouTube monetization. When instead your goal is monetization, not necessarily YouTube monetization. It's monetization and met the investor. And I was like, well, why does it have to be a cubby? And then the thought starts running. You go, well, it doesn't have to be. And I was like, I like this kind of big room. And I was like, well, why can't it be a clean room? Uh, well, because you sleep in your room. You'd, and I'm like, well, then you would need a new apartment. And I was like, well, why would I move into a new apartment in Salisbury? And now you see those limitations again. You go, well, why does it have to be Salisbury? And I was in that apartment building. I'm not even, now I'm remembering, I was in that hotel. And I remember just thinking, I was like, I want to move to New England, but I kind of want to be in the city and I can't afford Boston. So I just Googled Portland and I Googled Portland skyscrapers. And the building I'm in, I think is like the tallest residential building. And I literally found this building. And obviously they hype up the picture of it for the sales pitch, right? It's like a beautiful picture during a sunset. And I was like, and I was looking at the rents and I was like, okay, a bit more expensive, but I was like, I could, I could absolutely afford that. I could absolutely afford that. And you start getting the excitement going. You go, I could, I could get a two-room place. You know, I could do that. I'd be closer to family. And then now you start to see that bowling ball effect. The excitement starts rolling, right? You go, oh, you go, well, let's you start looking at it. And then I'm looking at it. I'm like, I really love this view. I love the idea. I vividly remember thinking, I was like, I would love to be able to like look out and like see other buildings and then like see the horizon while doing a podcast. I'm like remembering this vividly now. And I was like, I would love that. And then you see the limitations come in. You go, well, what are you going to live in a penthouse? And I was like, hey, you don't have to live in a penthouse. And I was like, I'm on the fifth floor right now. And ironically enough, I'm on the fifth floor now. And like, you know, if you're not staying in like a multi-floor building, elevators themselves could be kind of novel, right? You get into a hotel and get in the elevator. And I was like, I wonder what I'd like to be like living in a building with an elevator. I was like, I would walk down the hall instead of my apartment where you just walk outside and you're just out there in the world. I was like, I wonder what it would be like to like walk down a hallway, kind of have that hotel feeling, that like cozy feeling. And I would imagine like we'd probably hear people like, you know, maintenance people like vacuuming and stuff and you would take an elevator. And I would literally imagine like having my backpack on and like walking down to a gym or something. And that's all shit I am in now. And I remember thinking, I was like, I want it to be a little more open and airy. I don't want it to be my little, like, the cubby hole was fun, but that was a phase, right? It's like the first Iron Man suit. Like, yeah, it's welded together in a cave, but it doesn't have to be that. It's so, like, that was a fun phase, but I was like, what do I want it to be? And I just had this, these, like, words come into my head of, like, open, airy, sunny, clean, and, like, futuristic. Because the old one was very, like, it was, like, garage band kind of ragtag like shit held together literally with like strings holding stuff back from falling and duct tape and I was like I want to be more polished and like I didn't quite see it but I was like something I was like kind of big tables like huge tables which these don't look huge but I mean compared to like my old place where it was just like this little box they are massive as she said and I was like oh and so I started imagining this whole like room and then as, and that got me very excited. And I remember thinking, I was like, fuck the, like the $10,000 or the $80,000 computer. I was like, fuck that. 
it's what is bigger there. It, and that's our thinking. It's like I could instead of going and seeing my family for Thanksgiving and Christmas, I could go see them whenever. And I was like, yeah, I've never like lived in a city like I grew up in suburban Atlanta, but I was like downtown. That would be a cool experience. And I was like, well, I want to do that. And I started imagining basically where I am now. And I was like, well, what would I need? And then you start to get into this fun idea of like, well, let's start like fleshing it out. You go and you like look up tables on Amazon. You're like, fuck, that's like $5,000. You go, well, we don't need that. What's like an Ikea? Oh, 150. You go, I could do that. You go, well, if I got that huge fucking room and you start toying with all this other stuff and I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to be like futuristic. And I started thinking about like the lights and the first thing you find are like $5,000 LED lights. And then you start, you do do your due diligence and you find cheaper. These are, the blue lights weren't cheap. It was about $1,000 to do this whole room, but it came down from like $20,000. And you, as you bring these things down to more realistic, you go, I can do that. And once it's in your reach, you go, oh, I could, I could fucking, I can do that. I can do that. And it becomes very hopeful. And you go, I can accomplish that, right? Every day, right now in month of May, I'm doing 105 push-ups a day. I could do 110. I don't think I could do 150, but I could do 110. And that's what my goal for June will be. So you start getting excited about these ideas and how it's doable. And then it will never quite look like what you thought it would look like, but it will get close. And then that's the kind of fun of the creativity and the novelty. And, you know, this is, this is the beauty of God and existence is it's surprising. Right. So then you go ahead and you start researching and then you have the moment of doubt and then you go, fuck it, which you're pulling it anyway. And then there's all the horseshit of moving, which sucks and everything and moving up here and it's always goes horribly. But then you start building it and it's like, it's immaculate. And you're like, I fucking love this. And it's like, it is so cool. And it's exactly what I wanted it to be. It's better than I wanted it to be. And now a year later, I'm sitting in this room that I take for granted every day, but which would have been a fucking dream a year ago. And then not just like how cool the room is, but I, I lo- it's it's a very like fun, cool experience to live in a city. I've never lived in a city before. Now, granted, I don't interact with it. I don't talk to anybody and I'll lock my doors and I'll kill anyone if they come near me. But like that being said, I still like I, I like looking at it. I like looking at buildings. I've always loved buildings. I love seeing my, like, little brother and his wife whenever I want and his dogs. I love going up and seeing my parents, like, every couple weeks instead of once a year. And it's great. And I walk to the gym. It's exactly what I thought it would be like. And it is awesome. All right. Once that novelty starts wearing off, I go, well, what do I want more? I want the podcast to start growing again. I want the podcast to start making money. I need it to make money I, like, I do need this thing to become a viable because it's still floated artificially by an investor and you go through the multiple stages of whatever blah 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 right and then I, I met Siraj around New Year's and my podcast my subscriber count has gone up by like 5,000 this year my average views have gone up by about tenfold and that there's a whole and I'm not going to walk through it all because now I'm just repeating myself but you have the whole like Imagine, well, how could it work? I'm like, well, I want a $100 million contract from Spotify. And you're like, I don't really, I love it, but I don't really believe it. Well, maybe I want to make like $500 a month off the podcast, even though that's like one-tenth of my expenses. You go, I think that could maybe happen. I've had some big guests. Why can't that happen? 
right? And now I'm working with people from Rumble and locals, and it's, you know, it's working. It's not working as fast as I want it to or nearly as big as I want it to, but it is working. And even six months ago, the idea of being able to have, like, videos breaking a thousand views a piece, I used to go back and count how many thousand viewers I had. I like my those are my big episodes. I don't count them. I'd be like, I'm up to twenty. I'm up to twenty five. Now I don't think I've done a video under a thousand views in like six months. Exciting adrenaline again. All the stages, and now I'm kind of getting used to it. And so I'm looking further and further and further into like, well, what do I want next? And I kind of fell into the same problem with visualizing my next goal of that. I just took this much like extrapolating the cubby. I started extrapolating this and I was like, well, what do I want now? Well, there's a new building being built across town. And I was able to like, it's a, it's like mine for the taking, like a room on the 18th floor. And I was like, oh, fuck. and it's like the highest apartment in this city. That's what's great about Bumblefuck Portland is like you can live in the highest penthouse floor in the city for rent of a normal room in a normal city. It's fucking great, right? The downside is, is you're not in a huge city, but I don't want to be. Um, so I'm a big fish in a little pond. And, uh, so I started imagining that and the same folly of starting to imagining all these things that you think you want. And I was like, okay, so I want to be on the 18th floor and the view will be better. And I want this room, but with more blue lights and, and then you start going, that's not really where my heart is. Just like I don't want a cubby or cubby I wanted a brand new experience and I didn't want a and now I'm looking at this and I'm like I don't want a more futuristic open airy room a futuristic or airier opener cleaner rumor on the fifth or floor what do I want next and if I went from my parents room above the garage to my own apartment with a cubby to an apartment with a cubby to a two-room apartment with a clean, fresh, futuristic studio in a city. It is no longer absurd to assume that it can grow again. And I'm now realizing that's what I needed to hear. And this wasn't planned. I'm actually having this realization right now. It can grow again in a manner that just a year ago you deemed impossible. Because this has now happened twice from my own hard work and planning, not from a fluke. So why can it not happen again? And if you're not feeling it in your heart, now I'm talking directly to myself. If you're not feeling it in your heart, then that is not the goal you want. So right now I'm like, instead of a 4K 86 inch TV, I'm going to get an 8K 120 inch, right? The, the meme of Aventum X. But those, those things don't get me that excited. What do I really, really want? I want to be monetized by YouTube. No, you want to be monetized. How am I going to move into a two-bedroom? No, no, you're going to move to New England and go be closer to family. How does this all play out? What do you really want? 
And I've been feeling it the last couple weeks of this like flatness. And I don't think I want an even higher apartment. And then I started thinking, well, what do I want? Maybe I want to go get, I want to go live in the woods. I want to go live on a lake, right? And that would be the next level of money. I need to make a ton of money to do that. And instead of a futuristic apartment, maybe it would be more of like a rustic log cabin. But I found a flaw in that thinking itself. That is, let's see, you get even more meta. It's not that you want a cubby or cubby or a higher apartment floor. And each one you go, no, you don't want a cubby or cubby or you want a new futuristic apartment studio. And then you go, no, you don't want a more futuristic apartment studio. Instead, you want to go live in a log cabin. I'm like zooming out from that, like another meta theme where I'm like, maybe I need to stop placing physical things as goals. Maybe that is a fool's errand that goes forever. And that will eventually end with me either on the 300th floor of, an, of a penthouse in Dubai in a studio made of platinum, and I'll still be unhappy. And going, well, I guess the next studio should be on the moon. Maybe that is a fool's errand that never ends. And my mind is now shifting to going, so do I not want to do the podcast? And I'm like, no, I genuinely love doing it. It's a lot of work. And there are there are a lot of days I, I am... It's, it's work that I maybe don't necessarily enjoy. But it's also the most enjoyable shit I do. I, I, I do miss it even taking a day off. I fucking love talking to people. And I'm like, well, you know, then there's also the whole like, don't float off too much. You can't be some fucking idyllic hippie. Like, you do have bills to pay. You do have an investor. This is a company. Like, there are shareholders. Like, it, this is a functioning company. And none of this will matter if the company doesn't work. You're going to have to go get a job at a gas station. And then you'll be visualizing not working at a gas station. So don't fucking lose sight of why you started. But I'm looking at it now and I'm like... What do I really want? And I think what I'm realizing is I want more meaningful human interaction I want the podcast to succeed I still want this thing to blow the fuck up I still want it to make a ton of money but I'll be honest the goal of like a, a Rolls Royce or a mansion even a year ago I would have been like yeah I'm not super into that but if it was handed to me I'll be like fuck yeah now I'm looking at it and I'm like I can, because I've experienced a couple times now kind of getting everything I wanted physically. And it's cool, but it's also whatever. And I'm like, so I go get a Rolls Royce or a Lamborghini. Like, all right, I still just got to go to Hannaford and get eggs. And I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't the path I should pursue forever. People get stuck in this and they die very lonely billionaires. And I'm like, well, what do I want? And just like limiting the idea of I want to be monetized on YouTube, no, you want to be monetized. Maybe the fulfillment doesn't come from the podcast. Maybe the podcast can be something you do and something that you love and something that, make, God willing, makes money. But I think I would like, I think I would like to have more in-person relationships. I very much so would like an intimate relationship. I would love a girlfriend. 
I'm realizing very much so. I, I would for all for all of the work that relationships are. I, I would love to be able to share something with someone that's not on camera, that's not a product, but it's just a real life experience that I'm not worried about views or editing. I would like a pet. I don't know if I want a cat. I would like a dog. Well, I can't get a dog here. Well, then maybe you're not here. And I'm trying to open my heart to that and not limit how it happens in my mind. I'm like, well, how would I meet anybody? I'm always doing that. Don't limit it because you're going to close off other avenues from which your goal can arise. And that's kind of how I'm looking at it now is what do I really want? And I want this podcast to succeed. And I do get excited about the idea of having a million subscribers and being able to talk to fucking Elon Musk or Alex Jones or fucking whoever. Someone from Skidmore Owings and Merrill, like people that designed the Sears Tower and the Burj Khalifa. I would love that. I would love to see people like wearing my hoodies, my graphic designs. I would love that. You know, I would deeply love to be able to like build a psychiatric wing in a hospital for the underprivileged or something for people that don't have healthcare, but are still having panic attacks. I would still love to do all that. And those things all require money. I'm not immune to that realism. But what do I really want? I think I, I think I would like an intimate relationship. I think I would like a meaningful romantic relationship. And not even the whole puppy love because that's infatuation, puppy love, sex. That all go, that all goes away. I think I'd really like a dog. I do think I'd physically like to be even closer to family. I do think I'd eventually like to end up in like a place I like. And definitely more peace. The idea of being able to go to the airport at my own leisure and getting a hotel. I want that even more. And I don't have, and that's where the podcast comes in. It's like, I still don't have that piece. I want the podcast to make so much money and live so below my means that I know that on any day I could just shut the show down forever or be banned forever. And like not really have a hiccup in my day to day life. That's like my, my, what my end goal has always been is I want to be at any given time for the podcast to be zapped off air and me know that I'm fine for the rest of my life. And that doesn't mean a billion dollars. It could mean $10 million and living in a one bedroom apartment for the next 60 years. And like, I'm fine with that. So I, I do still want that financial stability and I want the show to succeed. You know, there's a lot of ego and a lot of validation. I want, you know, financially, I want people to buy my hoodies, but I also want that. I want to see people wearing them. I want to be like, fuck. Yeah. Like that. I want you to wear one to a fucking party or something. And somebody be like, that's a sick hoodie. Like I want that for no other reason than just like, that's my ego. And like, yeah, I do want that. There's a sick thing about getting into medical school and just holding the letter and being like, I fucking did that. Fuck you. Just by yourself with a beer and just being like, 
Man, I fucking did that shit. Even if you're just talking shit to your own doubting mind, you're like, fuck you, pussy. I did it. Not the fuck up. That's kind of where my heart's drifting. So, like, I I want a romantic thing. I, I want more family in my life. I want more meaningful, loving interactions. I want to be able to share this all with somebody. I want to be able to have this talk and it not have to be a podcast. And I also, yeah, I really want this show to succeed for no other reason than, like, my ego. I want Tommy's podcast to fucking succeed. I want to see it and be like, people see it and be like, oh, that's a huge show. That guy gets insane guests. Like, I want that. And it's entirely ego-driven. I want to be able to log in and see, like, a million subscribers. Like, that's what I want. I want me to one day look back and go, I can't remember the last time an episode got below 10,000 views. I want that. I want that soon. And I want it to go a step further. Be like, I can't remember the last time it got less than 100,000 views. I want it to be making money. To be putting it away into a savings account or have a money manager. And honestly, I, I, I want to start, I want it to come down, because right now I have to keep working, but, like, I do want it to come down to, like, four or five episodes a week. And really kind of, like, flesh the ideas in the episodes out. Like, long, multi-hour episodes. I think it was, was it Larry David that said, and, like, he was with uh, Jerry Seinfeld and comedians and cars with coffee like what's the difference between a cigarette and a cigar there's very different energies because a cigar means you got time a cigarette's very you know you're 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 fucking talking you're coked out you're at a bar you're just smoke break cigar is like cigars you're on a patio you got time that's what i want i want time just a lot of it a lot of time like a super king-size bed that you can roll around in or a hotel shower where you know the hot water is not running out. I want time. I want a meaningful, loving relationship. I really do. I want to fall in love with someone. I want to fall in love with someone that I'll be with forever. I want a dog. I want a retarded dog. I want to be... Yeah, I do want to be near like mountains and lakes. I want to be even closer to my parents. I want to be like... 20 minutes away, not two hours. And I want to not be worried about, like, is the episode trending? Just be like, yeah, dude, it's made enough money. Like, this is just a passion project now. That's what I want. I want to explore that. All of that is getting my heart racing. Not the idea of a bigger, better studio. That. I want the show to succeed. And I want to be able to help like people that to come on my show. I want to be like, dude, grab this book. I want to help out authors or like doctors I talk to. Be like, this is a cool fucking guy. Go follow him. Like, I want to be able to give back to like guests I've had on my show that didn't need to do my show and got nothing from me. I want to be able to give back to them. Yeah. I want it to be new. I want a new loving relationship in my life. 
I want the podcast to be less of a terrifying experience and more of a playful, creative experience. And I don't know how it's going to happen. But if I limit myself into believing it can only happen through a couple of options, it won't happen. I have to be open to anything. I have to be something. I have to be open to something as absurd as somebody emailing me and saying I love your show and it being an investor that changes my life, or somebody emailing me from Rumble and being like, "Hey, I've checked out your show. Like, let's do let's do a meeting and see how I can help you out." And then starting to learning live streaming and doing thumbnails and the views going up a thousand percent over a week. I want that change to come in. I think that's maybe where faith comes in. I think if it's what's meant for me, I think God will provide. That doesn't mean that you don't have to work. You don't have to work your tits off. I think that's what I want. I know that's what I want. Hmm. That feels good. I like that. That feels fuzzy. Well, that's an episode for today. So, you know, it's one fifty-four now. I'm ahead to the gym. Probably be gaming by like five. So you guys want to hop on that gaming stream in like three hours? Eh. Yeah. See you guys in a couple hours. Peace.